This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's 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 your host, Jim Wiley. It is time once again for Power Rankings here on the Barreled Up Podcast and Ballcap Sports on YouTube. It is a look back at the last week in this recording, July 31st to August 6th, and ranking the 30 teams. Think of it as a top 25 ranking that you would give with college football or college basketball. It won't always end up in a situation where the team with the better record or a team ahead in the standings actually is ranked higher than their counterpart. So just something to keep in mind as we move forward. We've got four teams as of recording on six game losing streaks. The Mets, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, and the Angels. And we'll talk about the Angels because that may be the most spectacular losing streak of them all considering what's at stake. We've got some teams on the other side of the spectrum playing really well. Baltimore, they have become the second team to reach 70 wins. The Cubs have only four losses since July 18th. That's 15 wins over that stretch, 15 and four since July 18th. And they took two out of three from Atlanta over the weekend after sweeping Cincinnati. So the Cubs are on the rise. And we've got the Rangers and Mariners, much to the chagrin of Angels fans, riding six and five game winning streaks out west. The Twins have won four in a row, and the Jays just swept the Red Sox, a team they had not beaten all year. So a very interesting power rankings today. I want to remind everybody to turn those automatic downloads on those listening to the podcast so you get the content as soon as it is posted. Let's get this started we're going to go 30 through one coming in at number 30 the oakland athletics over the last week zach geloff is kind of becoming an even more intriguing player for them three for four on sunday oakland taking the two from san francisco shutting them down on saturday and then the comeback win on sunday Oakland showing some signs of life. And again, this Zach Geloff is somebody to keep an eye on. Three for four on Sunday, two homers over the week, over the last week, and an 887 OPS over his first 19 games. He's a highly touted prospect coming up. Oakland has called a lot of their prospects up. You've seen Soderstrom up. Uh, you have seen a lot of 
some of what they're going to build upon playing this season. Many people may be missing it, but it's interesting to at least keep an eye on that and, and tune it in once in a while. So Oakland 30th last week, they stay 30 this week. The Kansas City Royals are next. Kansas City had a winning week thanks to the New York Mets coming to town. They're going to stay at 29, though, in our power rankings. Swept the Mets early in the week, but then dropped two out of three to Philly over the weekend. Altogether, though, a four and two week. Bobby Witt Jr., a special baseball player that was on display again this week. A couple home runs, some multi-hit games. He locked in his 20th home run. He had already swiped his 30th bag. He's the first player in history in his first two seasons, once he hit that 20th home run, to have 20 homers and 30 steals, at least 20 homers and 30 steals in each of his first two seasons. So even though Kansas City's terrible, Bobby Wood Jr. is doing something impressive there. Maybe one day it'll lead to some team wins. It's not his fault. They have to grab more talent and, and surround him with that talent. They have not done that yet. So Kansas City keeps losing. And again, 36 and 36 and 77 on the year. But a good week. We don't want to knock them too much. A four and two week. Number 28 on our power ranking, staying at 28. Colorado Rockies. So no changes so far through the first three teams. Oakland and KC and Colorado staying right where they were last week. The Rockies, a three and three week. They dropped two out of three of the Padres. They took two out of three at St. Louis. So they're now 44 and 67. Ryan McMahon's been hot over the last week. Seven for 22, three homers, eight RBI. Now 19 homers on the season. Career high at 24, so he's looking like he should surpass that. He's got an 823 OPS, and that is tracking towards a new career high as well. So McMahon is certainly the most valuable piece on that team. Maybe him and Diaz. Maybe something for Colorado to build around. I, I still think this team believes that they could be this year's Diamondbacks next year. I think they believe that. I don't know if I believe that, but 44 and 67 are the Rockies, and they're in at number 28. Staying at 27, so still no movement here in the first four teams. The Chicago White Sox, after a 2-4 and four week, they were swept by the Rangers, bounced back to two out of three at Cleveland. You had Jesse Schultens, two solid starts over the last week. In there, after the trades of Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn leading up to the deadline, they have some opportunities and he's taking advantage of it at Texas, even though the White Sox lost that game. At Texas, three hits, one run. Against Cleveland, just two runs allowed, six strikeouts each time out. So sometimes, after the deadline, we're all watching the new faces in the new place, watching Lucas Giolito with the Angels, watching Lance Lynn with the Dodgers, not necessarily watching the Jesse Schultens of the world, but he stepped up. There's an opportunity for him with the White Sox. He's taking advantage of it. So maybe, maybe something good that the White Sox have found with him. We'll track that. Number 26, finally some movement. The Cardinals, it's movement that they don't want, though. Cardinals going backwards a spot. We had them at 25 last week. They are at 26 this week. A two and four week. They dropped two out of three to Minnesota. They dropped two out of three to the Colorado Rockies. 
despite Nolan Arenado, Lars Nupar, Alec Burleson, Gorman, and O'Neill hitting home runs, despite some hitting, still not enough. Again, that has been the case all year long. It is more of the same for the St. Louis Cardinals. They're in at 26, dropping a spot. Also dropping a spot, the Detroit Tigers. So that tells you someone's moving up too. The Detroit Tigers are going to fall back to the number 25 spot. We had them 24 the week before. Split a two-game set at Pittsburgh and then dropped two out of three to the Tampa Bay Rays. So Detroit's now 49-62. and 62. Something to watch is Tariq Skubal as he continues to work his way back, get ramped up against Tampa on Saturday. Five and a third, six hits, one walk, no runs, six strikeouts. He's now 2-1 and one with a 3.67 ERA, 1.04 whip. Scooble next year, Manning next year, Mize next year. Detroit's going to be interesting. Won't be Erod. They didn't trade Erod at the deadline. Erod's not going to be there. That's a certainty. But with the young pitching that was supposed to be there now, helping them compete, either injured or working their way back from injury, Detroit may be able to set something up as they get these guys back for next season. They fall back a spot this week. Number 24, moving up two spots, the Washington Nationals. Nats move up to number 24 after a 5-1 and one week. Took two out of three from the Milwaukee Brewers, and they swept the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. It was the first three-game road sweep for the Nats since 2019. They caught the Reds at a good time. Let's put it that way. This Reds team is reeling right now. The Nats were right there. Reds were coming off a bad series against the Cubs, and it just got worse against the Washington Nationals. The Nats are no team to take lightly at this point because they can show up and pitch. They don't always, but they can. And their bats, Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Joey Manessis, they're all clicking over the last week. Helped lead to a solid week for the Nats. They move up two spots, still just 49-63, and 63, but some signs of life from Washington. Speaking of signs of life, and this is actually, we're looking for signs of life from this team at this point, and it's the New York Mets. They're going to drop back one spot to the number 23 position in our power rankings, and... This is about as low as they've been. I think maybe they got to 24, 25, but from a, not a power ranking standpoint, but from a season standpoint, this feels like it's about as low as it's been for the New York Mets. Swept by Kansas City, swept by Baltimore. They're 0-6, six-game losing streak. They got a hot Cubs team to start the week. They scored the fewest runs over the last week. They just look flat. I think the trade deadline, the official unofficial end of the season with Canna and Pham and Scherzer and Verlander and Robertson all being shipped out has taken a toll on this team. Now, Lindor's still playing. Lindor's still hitting. He's about the only one right now. But this Mets team, at this point, screw it. Just loot. Who cares? Improve your draft chances for the following season. Who cares? You went out and brought some good prospects in at the deadline. So that's good. You are going to now give more opportunity to Vientos. Maybe Ronnie Mauricio gets called up. 
The rest of the way should not be about winning games. The rest of the way should be about focusing on the future, giving some young kids some extended, longer looks, uh, seeing what you got in that minor league system. I don't know if I even trust the Mets to move players through the system appropriately. Jet Williams is having a nice year down in Brooklyn, and feels like it's time for him to move up. Feels like it's time for Ronnie Mauricio to come up. There's a, a, a report out this week that he's become stale, that he's almost disinterested in the fact that he's still at AAA, which is obviously going to impact his play. So there is something very interesting going on with this Mets team, interesting in a bad way. But at this point, again, just focus on the future. And one way you can focus on the future, lose games now, give yourself a better chance at a better draft pick at the, up, at the, at the 2024 MLB draft and just grab as many pieces as you can for those 2025 and 26 seasons when apparently that's when the team will go back into full go for it World Series or bust mode because that's not going to be the philosophy next year. Next year will not be a World Series or bust mode for the Mets. They'll still compete. They'll probably still win above, you know, finish above 500. I, I think next year will probably be a better season than this season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But it's not going to be World Series or bus mode, which is fascinating with this ownership with, with Steve Cohen. Let's move on. Number 22, moving up one spot, the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates come in a three and three week split with Detroit, split at Milwaukee. Ryan Reynolds with a good week, which is nice to see because generally this year has been kind of disappointing for Brian Reynolds. A 782 OPS. So we're living right around league average, a little above league average for his OPS. A disappointing season. Maybe he's getting hot. That would be a good sign. We also saw Johan Oviedo. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, six strikeouts Sunday at Milwaukee. Four of his last five starts, he has not allowed more than one run. Johan Oviedo is an interesting player. He goes on these streaks where he looks like you can pencil him in, you can pen him into the top of a rotation. But then he will counterbalance that performance with awful pitching performances and looks like a guy that you need to send back down to the minors. If he can find a middle ground and at least settle in as a dependable three or four, that would be good for Pittsburgh because you've got Mitch Keller who you figure into the top of the lineup. Maybe they go and make a splashy move this upcoming offseason of Blake Snell or an Aaron Nola or, or, or Julio Arias or something like that. It is important to have guys to fill out the rotation, almost as important as you need the ace or two at the top. You also need dependable guys further down the rotation. Maybe Oviedo can become that guy. I got Pittsburgh in at 22. Number 21, falling back a spot, the Cleveland Guardians. Interestingly enough, over the last couple of weeks, the Cleveland Guardians have been a team that were 
having winning weeks, a four and two week here, a four and three week there, but they kept moving them back one or two spots because they weren't really beating anybody that impressively. And the teams that were behind them were having more impressive weeks, beating tougher opponents. And we just kept moving Cleveland back. And now here comes Cleveland with a one and five week swept at Houston, dropping two out of three from the White Sox. So it turns out we were right all along to be sliding them back one or two spots, even though they were having winning weeks because it was not good. It was not good. Two home runs as a team over the week. The bats were not there. The pitching was good. It's more the same. Logan Allen, Tanner Bybee, uh, Jason Williams, Xavier Curry all went out and gave you a start where you had a chance to win, meaning neither of them gave up more than two runs, but they did not get the run support. Thor, after a good debut, at Houston, got roughed up by the White Sox, gave up four home runs. How does that even happen? But maybe the most impressive part of the week was Jose Ramirez. For a team that lacks punch, Jose Ramirez certainly does not. Just hitting, knocking Tim Anderson down. Glass jaw, Tim Anderson goes down. You got to hear the Cleveland radio broadcast of that when they squared up. Anderson goes down, the broadcaster's yelling out, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson, like this was some sort of legit boxing match happening at Madison Square Garden or something to that degree. It was it was remarkable, like radio call uh, by the Cle by Cleveland Radio. So check that out. If, if you have not, make sure you go find that. But that was really the most explosive offense that this Cleveland team has shown all year was in that Three-second period where Jose Ramirez squared up on Tim Anderson. Outside of that, this offense has no punch. All of the puns intended there. Next up, number 20, the Angels. Man, oh man, the Angels. I wish we were live on YouTube right now because there's a lot to talk about right now from Cleveland to the Mets to now the Angels. The Angels are now below 500. A six-game losing streak. They have a terrible schedule that they're in the middle of. And it started against Atlanta in Atlanta at the beginning of the week. And it looked good. They they won that game. They beat Atlanta on Monday to start the week. Things look good. But then they lost the next two in Atlanta. And they lost everything, all four games, against Seattle. That's the most embarrassing part of this stretch for the Angels. They are striking out way too much. The pitching is giving up way too many home runs. Brandon Drury's back, great. It didn't matter. Only over the last week, Otani and Mike Moustakis are hitting. That's it. And I don't want to hear if somebody had a two-hit game here or there. And I don't want to hear if somebody had a clutch hit uh, with a runner in scoring position. Then that's all they did that week. Because for the week, it was Otani, it was Moustakis, and that was it. This Angels team, at 56 and 57, after... Announcing to the baseball world, we are going for it. Trading for Lucas Giolito. Trading for Crone. Trading for Randall Gritchick. They have not won a game since the trade deadline. They're not 56 and 57 falling behind. And, this, and the schedule only gets rough. Their next 15 games, San Francisco, at Houston, at Texas, against the Rays, against Cincinnati. Those Rays, Cincinnati, and San Francisco games are home. But 
what confidence do you have that they're going to win any of those games? Certainly, they're going to win those games. They're not going to they're not going to spin off a twenty game losing streak. They're going to win games in that stretch. But out of those fifteen games, how many games do we think they're going to win? They're already one game below five hundred. Safe bet they're going to finish below five hundred over the next fifteen games. What do we think they can win over the next fifteen? Five, six, seven, and at that point, the season's over. The Angels made a mistake. They are in at number 20. In at number 19, this is now getting to a point in the power rankings where teams are going to be moving around. There is some, this is a high movement zone. This is a high traffic area as the space between the numbers. 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, it's tight. So you can see a team like the Red Sox at 14 last week. Drop to 19 because A, it's tight, and B, they won one game. One and five over the week against Seattle. They got one of three, and then they were swept by the Toronto Blue Jays in Boston. They had not lost to the Toronto Blue Jays all season, and they just, you will call it looked outmatched. You will call it they made mistakes. However you want to phrase it, the Red Sox were not the better team against the Blue Jays, and it showed the Reese McGuire situation on Saturday. I put that more on the third base coach. The third base coach did not make it clear to Reese that he needed to turn around and get back to the base. That was the play where Reese McGuire was doubled off at second base when he thought it was a walk-off home run. Third base coach has to do a better job. Reese McGuire needs to track that ball better. He didn't look at the ball. He looked at his coach. And he read from the coach that it was home run. That's what it looked like. Now, maybe Reese had a post-game interview and didn't throw his third-base coach under the bus. But that's what happened. You go watch the video. Reese is looking at his third-base. He's doing what you're supposed to do. He's, In my opinion, he's doing what you're supposed to do. When the ball's in the air, you're going to look at your third-base coach. He's going to tell you if you need to go or if you need to stay. And Reese McGuire has to make the decision because that's it's a mighty big wall out there. Last check. And if that ball's off the wall, Reese needs to score. If it is over the wall, then it's obviously good, 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 and great game is over. But if it's off the wall, he needs to be in a position to score. He knows his skill set. He's not fast. If that ball bounces off the wall right into Dalton Varsho's glove or whoever's out there for Toronto, he can get thrown out at home plate. And they're still down a run. He's thinking scored it. He's thinking at least tie the game. And he's used his third base coach. Third base coach has a better vantage point to see the ball. Mistake. Mistake by the coach. Mistake by Boston. In the end, one and five. That's just a microcosm of the week. They got blown out on Sunday. Boston's in a bad spot. The second highest team ERA over the last week. Seven and the Boston Red Sox pitching. Bad stuff. Number 18. The San Diego Padres are next. And the San Diego Padres are going to actually drop back a spot. Three and three weeks, so not a bad week, but we've got we've got we've got movement. Like I said, we had a high traffic zone right now. Two out of three from Colorado. We like that, but then they dropped two out of three to the Dodgers. You had Crony, Soto, Kim, Bogart, Sanchez, even Grisham. Hitting over the last week, but on Sunday night, Lance Lynn, who's a new man right now, was good enough to cool them off, and then the pen did the rest. 
Question for San Diego really is, can they climb back? They have another game against the Dodgers on Monday, and then, then the schedule the rest of August is not that bad. Seven games versus the struggling Diamondbacks, Miami. Or no, let me let me seven games against the Diamondbacks alone the rest of this month. And Arizona's reeling. Then three against Miami. They're struggling. And three against the Cardinals, who have not been able to figure out 2023 at all. September is easy, but there are a lot of winnable games there. Rockies, A's, Cardinals. An inconsistent Phillies team in September. So the Padres have set themselves up. They're 55 and 57. Yes, they're moving back one spot in today's power rankings, but that's more about a couple of teams that needed to move up. They're sitting here lurking, looming, maybe poised to make a run. Keep an eye out for them to have a jump next week. They're in at 18 this week. Number 17, it's the Diamondbacks. This is where I stopped the fall. They were at number 12 last week. They are at number 17 this week after a six-game losing streak. They won the first game of the week back on Monday at San Francisco. They haven't won anything since. Swept by Minnesota. The series against San Francisco, it's a big series, and they got one out of four. Burriel's the only one really hitting right now, and starting pitching isn't good enough. This is what you get, Arizona. This is what you get. They should have been aggressive. They should have made a trade for Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez didn't want to go west, but so let's scratch Erod. I shouldn't say Erod, but Michael Lorenzen, Lucas Giolito, somebody. Go pry somebody away from, from a team that maybe wasn't thinking about making a trade. They should have done something. They should have done something soon. They should have been in on Lance Lynn soon. Look what Lance Lynn's doing for the Dodgers. They get... No starting pitching help at the deadline. They needed it weeks ago anyway. Too little, too late. I think the Diamondbacks are done. I think the Diamondbacks are done. This time next week we get together, they will probably be below 500. They're in at number 17. Number 16, another team that is reeling, and I stopped the fall right here, the Miami Marlins. Miami was 13 last week. They are down to 16 this week. Dropped three out of four to the Phillies and then swept by the Rangers. Another six-game losing streak. 58-55. Jazz was back. You brought in Josh Bell. You brought in Jake Berger. None of it seems to matter right now. Yuri Perez will be back on Monday. That can't come soon enough as they're trying to stop this skid. It is a tough schedule this week. They're at Cincinnati, and the Cincinnati's struggling too. So both teams are going to be looking at the other one as a slump buster. And then they've got the Yankees. So this is a crucial week for Miami. You'll have Yuri Perez lined up to make a start against the Reds and a start against the Yankees. There's two good starts. You get Sandy Alcantara in there. Maybe Miami can right the ship. It's crucial right now that they do. They're in at number 16. Next up, the New York Yankees are moving up. The Yankees went 3-4 this week. They showed me a little something against Houston. I expected the Yankees to win maybe one game. Maybe. Or even get swept. They got one from Tampa. That's kind of what I expected. They split the series against the Houston Astros. They go 3-4. and four. They benefit. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is a 19-15 to 15 kind of jump. Don't get me wrong. The Yankees are not... Jumping up because they were lights out this week. They showed me something against Houston. They showed me they're tough against Houston. But they're benefiting from Miami and Arizona's collapse. 
they 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 saw them falling down the ladder. They stepped aside and just took the, the spots that they occupied. So the Yankees are moving up to number 15. They move up four spots, but it's not on solid ground. They could easily slide right back. If Miami catches a heater, if, if San Diego goes on a run, if the Yankees put out another three and four week, they'll be right back at that 17th spot next week. Use the momentum of splitting Houston to your favor. Labor Torres killing the ball over the last week. 12 for 26, three doubles, two home runs, seven runs scored. He stepped up. Bowers looked Bowers with some home runs, Stan with some home runs. Nestor Cortez was back. He looked solid. Eight K's over four innings, only one hard hit ball. And that was Jose Altuve's home run. There's a Rodon issue. That's something they got to keep an eye on. Now he went down, left the start on Sunday early. That may be great news for the Yankees because in six starts, he had a 7-3-3 ERA. So this has not been good for Carlos Rodon. Having him go down, having to find answers in another area may be the best thing right now. Obviously, the, the best thing would be for Rodon to fix whatever issues he's got and get on track. But right now, that's not the situation. Let's get to number 14. It's the Minnesota Twins. They are one of the big movers of the week, going from the 21 spot to the number 14 spot. The Twins 59 and 54 now after taking two out of three from St. Louis and sweeping Arizona a five and one week. Good stuff from the Twins. This is what they do, though. Twins fans, you know, you go five and one this week, you go one to four next week. They're set up for success, though. You got Detroit, you win those games, and then you got Philly. Philly's been inconsistent all year. So this is a chance, Minnesota. Now, Joe Ryan's going to the IL with a groin strain. But again, that may be good news because he's been really up and down over the last two months. Really up and down. Completely independable. But Sonny Gray, Dallas Keuchel, Pablo Lopez, Kenta Maeda, Bailey Ober, all good over the last week. Focus in on those players. You have Keuchel in. I don't know how long you're going to get good stuff out of Dallas Keuchel. But he's into that Joe Ryan spot, and that could be a good thing. The... Twins move up, big jump, twenty-one to fourteen. Partly in in, in in their own, earned it earned it on their own with that five and one week, but then also capitalizing on the fact that Miami and Arizona completely completely fell, and they got two more spots. Otherwise, Miami's probably or Minnesota's probably fifteen or sixteen, but that drop by Miami and Arizona helped them. Number thirteen, another team benefiting, earned it, yes, but then also you see Miami and Arizona free falling. The Seattle Mariners are up to the number 13 spot. They were at 18. Now they're at 13. Two out of three from Boston. Swept the Angels. Six and one week. It's going to be an interesting week this week. They have two against San Diego and three against Baltimore to see if they can continue their momentum. A team that looked like they were maybe going to sell at the deadline only traded Paul Seawald. This is why I believe that San Diego could have traded, could have traded Josh Hader and been okay. The Mariners traded their closer. It's fine. It's fine. They're still winning games. They're in a better position than they were before. So it's okay. San Diego, I think you could have traded Josh Hader. Look what's happening with Seattle. Seattle's now 60 and 52. Julio's hot. You like to see that. You're getting some good pitching out of Kirby and Wu and Gilbert. Miller on Sunday against the Angels look good. So Mariners have the pitching. If Julio's going to come around, Teoscar's going to come around. Teoscar with a good week this last week. Seattle could be... And they're making they're making a run. They could be in the midst of a run that could launch themselves back into a playoff spot. Next up, here are the Cubs. I think some may want the Cubs higher. 
But I've got the Cubs in at number 12. The Cubs were number 16 last week. So we're going to 12 here after taking three out of four from Cincy, two out of three from Atlanta, a five and two week, and they're poised for more. They're in Queens against the Mets early this week. Then they have three in Toronto. That'll be tough. Jamer Candelario is absolutely on fire. You love that addition. He seems motivated to be on a contender right now. Really the first time memory serves me right that he's ever been in on a contender after years in Detroit, not winning this season. Washington, not a winning club. Finally in a good spot. Seems to be thriving there. The Cubs with the most runs over the last week, 60 of them. Thanks to Belly, Candelario, Talkman, Swanson's five home runs, Hap. The offense is lined up. And that's good because the pitching has not been that great. Let's be honest. The Cubs pitching over the last week, they have the fifth highest ERA over the last seven days. So the bats have needed to be there. Now it's going to be interesting to see how this continues as we move forward into a new week. We start a new, some new series. How are they going to go? And they're on the road now. They're on the road. They were home for Cincy. They were home for Atlanta. They were feeding off of that crowd at Wrigley. Let's see how it goes on the road. If those bats can stay hot, if that pitching can line up, Cubs will be fun to watch over the next week. In at number 11, down a spot, San Francisco Giants. The Giants... Three and three this week. They took three out of four from Arizona, but then a big letdown at Oakland, losing the two games over Saturday and Sunday. A poor weekend, just one run on Saturday. They had a six to three lead heading into the bottom of the fifth with Cobb on the mound, one of the more dependable starters in that rotation. And they lost that game eight to six. Not good. They had the third best team ERA over the last week, which was big because, again, they were not scoring many runs, just 19 of them seventh fewest so they need to get some more production with the bats they've got the angels giants and angels angels trying to get back on track san francisco also in a way trying to get back on track that was a that was a a misstep at oakland these are important games you're trying to you're trying to maybe have a a, a shot to win the division you you have four or five teams that are going to be coming hot and heavy for those wild card spots. You got to win those games against Oakland, a chance to bounce back against the Angels early this week. Number 10, falling one spot, the Milwaukee Brewers. We had them at nine. We're going to have them at 10 this week. The Milwaukee Brewers, you had Yelich and Bryce Terang, good, but not getting enough from everyone else on the team. Two guys getting it done, nobody else giving you enough. Good pitching, though. Good pitching from Hauser, Burns, Miley, Peralta, and guess who's back? Brandon Woodruff. So the Milwaukee Brewers at a crucial stretch when they're fighting with the Reds for the division. They are dealing with a hot Cubs team coming up fast from behind. They get Brandon Woodruff back, five innings, two runs, nine strikeouts. Still took a loss because he got no run support. So their bats got to step it up. The pitching for Milwaukee is now poised to Really be the strong suit. Really be the strength of that team. You got to have some bats to support them. Milwaukee falls back one spot. Moving up two. Philadelphia Phillies fans, this has been quite a roller coaster of a season for you. The Philadelphia Phillies, 11th last week. I'm moving them up to nine this week. Took three out of four at Miami. They took two out of three from Kansas City. So five and two. 
Bad news is Brandon Marsh is going to the IL with a bruised left knee. He's been good for them. Not a fantasy baseball stud, but he is good for this team. Bohm, Harper, Castellanos with three home runs. They've all been good. And you've got Lorenzen. Lorenzen made his debut. Eight innings, two runs. Really helping this team. We're going to watch as they continue along. You got Wheeler. You got Walker. Some good things happening with the pitching. Some good things happening with the bats. Keep some consistency going, Philly. 61 and 51 now. It's time to get consistent. Time to spend some good. Time to play some good baseball. In at number eight, it is a big fall for the Cincinnati Reds from three to eight. 59 and 55 now. That's good. But one and six over the last week against teams that this Reds team now needs to be beating. Lost three out of four to the Cubs. Lost swept by the Washington Nationals. They've got the Marlins next. Talked about it earlier when we talked about Miami. These are two teams. Miami and Cincy are going to view the other one as a slump buster right now. Both need to get out of it. They're six-game losing streaks at a terrible time. The Reds from three to eight, and if it continues, they will certainly be back at that 13-14 spot. It would be one of the biggest two-week drops if they don't get this on track. Keeping them in the top ten is almost a gift at this point. Let's be honest. You could argue that Philly should be higher. You could argue that the Brewers should be higher. But I'm giving the Reds that advantage of having that anchor spot of number three. It's where they were last week. That's obviously in consideration when we're moving teams around here. So they've dropped to eight, 59 and 55. They got to get it back together. Graham Ashcraft pitched well. He's been pitching well since he came back from injury, but that was it. You got to get it going. Absolutely have to get it going or it's struggle city for Cincinnati. Number seven, moving up one spot, the Toronto Blue Jays go from eight to seven. And honestly, after that Orioles series, if you would ask me if I thought Toronto would be still in the top 10, I would have said no. Did they bounce back? They Took all three games in Boston. Davis, Schneider, they call him Babe Schneider. Brandon Belt, George Springer. George Springer went about like weeks without a hit, and he seems to be locked in. You had some good hitting. You had Kikuchi, Manoa, Bassett, all pitching well. Bassett against Boston, not Baltimore. Again, that Baltimore series was bad. They only got one of those games, and I mean, you could argue that they could have been swept by the Orioles. But they got one at least. So altogether, it was a four and three week for the Toronto Blue Jays. That gets them up one spot in the power rankings to number seven. Also moving up a spot are the Texas Rangers to the number six spot. From seven to six, they got back on track after a fall in the power rankings the week before. They swept the White Sox. They swept the Marlins. It's the White Sox and the Marlins right now, okay? The White Sox have been bad all year, and Miami's reeling. But still a good job, and it can continue. They have Oakland to start the week. Seager back, hitting everything. Also hitting everything. Adolis Garcia, Marcus Simeon, all good. Problem is, we'll see how they handle this. Josh Young had a fractured left thumb. He's been one of the nice, productive pieces for this team. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But losing him could be an interesting situation. Jonah Heim's down two right now. Just as you get Seager back, you lose Young. Interesting how the Rangers can handle that. They're really taking some hits right now with the injuries. And they're still hanging in and thriving as of this last week. Again, 66 of 46 now overall. 
The pitching was amazing over the last week. Best team ERA. Two. You had Scherzer and Montgomery winning their debuts. Dunning was outstanding. His last time out, Andrew Haney, back-to-back scoreless starts. So Texas is pitching really well right now. You have that. And you add in how potent this lineup is. Even with Young going down, there's still going to be a tough, there's a, still a tough lineup. Just, you need to hope that Young is not out for too long. It's probably a few weeks, but how many weeks? Moving on to number five, Houston. The Astros are in at 64 and 49, and they are moving up a spot to the number five position from six to five after sweeping Cleveland and splitting at New York. You had the Framber no-no on deadline day. They're in Baltimore to start the week. So a test is coming for Houston. That Orioles team, you can make an argument for them to be number one in the power rankings. Houston's got them this week. Verlander debuted. He was good, but didn't get enough runs to back him, so he took a loss. That Yankee series, all eyes on that Astros and Yankee series. It was a true playoff atmosphere there in the Bronx. The Yankees got the first one, sort of sent a statement, and the Astros volleyed back on Friday. Severino got roughed up in the first. Never had any confidence that Severino and the Yankees were going to win on Friday. Then they bounced back. The Yankees did. Nestor Cortez... Really limited the hard contact. The Astros just could not solve him. Altuve was the only one hit the home run. His 200th, by the way. And then on Sunday, they bounced back despite a ton of walks. They they walked the park, but still got the win on Sunday. And improved to, again, 64 and 49 and move up a spot in the power rankings. Also moving up, the Tampa Bay Rays are from 5 to 4. On the power rankings after a four and two week. They took two out of three from the Yankees. They took two out of three from the Tigers. Trouble is Shane McClanahan went to the IL with forearm tightness. And that could be bad news. You got good starts from Eflin Glass now and even Little. Savali made his debut. Maybe his worst start since June. Well, it was his worst start since June 25th. That trade now looks even bigger with the McClanahan injury news. Hopefully it's not something that's going to knock him out. For next season two, I hate hearing forearm tightness. We've seen so many guys go down with forearm tightness, and the next thing you know, they're getting surgery, and they're out 12 months. Let's hope that's not going to be the case with McClanahan. He's too good. Next, at number three, the LA Dodgers move up from four to three, a five and one week, 64 and 46 now on the season, sweeping Oakland, taking two out of three from the San Diego Padres. Freeman bets Kike back, Kike hitting well. Lance Lynn, another one of those deadline additions. Talk, we, we, we beat up on the Dodgers saying that they were just raising the floor. But I don't know. Maybe they raised the roof. Maybe they raised the ceiling. Lynn, two starts looking good. All he's done is give up some solo home runs. Gonsolin looks good. Arias looking good. It was against Oakland, Julio Arias. But it's a start. And Kershaw appears to be lined up to return on Thursday. He has been out since June 27th. So that'll give them a lift as well. Five and one this week. For the San Diego Padres and taking two out of three or five, five and one are the Dodgers. And after taking two out of three from the Padres, that is, that's important. Don't, don't think that, Hey, look, it's the Padres. Of course, they're going to beat the Padres. The Padres are hot right now. It's sort of a, it's sort of a mic check moment there for the Dodgers and the Padres. No, we're still better than you. This is still 
how we operate. We're going to win this series. They did win the series. It's an important one because, again, you don't want you don't want the Padres feeling momentum. And again, the Dodgers, good week, five and one. Next up, the Baltimore Orioles. I'm leaving Baltimore number two, but damn, it's close. It really is close. 70 and 42 now, a six and one week. Took three out of four from the Blue Jays. Swept the New York Mets. The Orioles with the most hits over the last week, the highest team batting average over the last week. Ryan Montcastle has the most hits of anybody on the planet. So they're hitting and they're pitching the second best team ERA. Flaherty made his debut and was good against the Toronto Blue Jays. You're hoping for more out of that. I still argue that Flaherty is more of what they already had. What can Jack Flaherty do? Maybe being in a pennant race, maybe being in a new situation, he could lock in, continue to limit the walks and limit the damage, and you'll get that Jack Flaherty that we saw a couple years ago. Maybe that's who who will get it. If that is the case, then they definitely raise the ceiling with that rotation. But what Flaherty's done to this point this year was just raising the floor. But there's potential there, and maybe you saw that against the Blue Jays, and he can keep that going. And again, you got good pitching from the bullpen, good pitching from the rest of the club as well. Second best team ERA at 2.03 over the last week. Six and one were the Orioles, 70 and 42. They are they are the one of the two teams in baseball with 70 wins. It's them and our number one team, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are now 70 and 39, three fewer losses than the Orioles. Same number wins. And three and three this week, it got tight. It definitely got tight between the Braves and the Orioles. I think if we were live on YouTube doing a poll, this would be a situation where the Braves would still be number one, but it would be one of those 52 to 48% votes. The Braves getting two from the Angels, but then dropping two in Chicago. You got Max Freed back this week. That's big news. And he pitched to the single win that the Braves got against the Cubs. Six innings, three hits, no runs allowed. Cunha. Harris, Olsen, all crushed it. Olsen, four home runs this week. He's now got 39, one behind Otani. The Braves have four hitters over 25 home runs. They're at, at, or over 25 home runs. That's Olsen, Acuna, Riley, and Albies. And Ozuna's right behind them at 23. This team is crushing the ball. Max Fried is back. Strider looked good this last week, his last time out too. So the Atlanta Braves, it's now tight. For the number one spot. Don't get me wrong. If the Orioles go out and do another six and one, and the Braves go out and put out another three and three, the Orioles will be the number one team in the power rankings next week. But that is our full ranking for those looking for the quick recap. We went A's 30, Royals 29, Rockies, White Sox, Cardinals, and Tigers 28 through 25. Then it was the Nats, the Mets, the Pirates. 24, 23, 22. Then the Guardians, Angels, Red Sox. Then the Padres, Diamondbacks, Marlins at 18, 17, 16. The Yankees were at 15. Twins, 14. Seattle Mariners, 13. Cubs in at 12. Just can't put them in the top 10. They're hot. They could be in the top 10 next week if they stay hot. Giants at 11. Brewers at 10. Phillies, 9. Reds, 8. Blue Jays 7, Rangers 6, Astros 5, Rays 4, Dodgers 3, Orioles 2, Braves 1. That is our power rankings for August 7th. Sort of recapping and reflecting on the week that was July 31st through August 6th. 
Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Make sure, if you have not yet, to turn on those automatic downloads. Make sure you have subscribed. Stay close to the podcast once you grab in the content as it populates to the feed. That's why you want those automatic downloads turned on. That is going to do it for this one, everybody. We'll be back next week with Power Rankings again, revisiting this upcoming week. Talked about it. There could be a ton of movement. Maybe the Orioles can get the number one spot. We'll see if the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins can halt the skid. Maybe the Angels, too. And the Padres, do they have a big jump in them? They're poised to make a big jump. So a lot will be fun to get into next week in the Power Rankings. Again, thank you guys for coming in and listening to the podcast and spending some time here with the Barreled Up Podcast. Thank you guys. Go out there and enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll catch you next time.